drinking with Gary and Elliot and Nick. They drinking with Gary and Elliot. I'll listen to us. They drinking with Gary and Elliot. One hell of a show. They drinking with Elliot. Speaking of hell, all hell is gonna break loose today. That's well. That's good. That's good. Maybe some hell needs to break loose. I'm going to tell you something. For, yeah. Uh, a lot of things need to break loose in this world. But yeah. I'll tell you one thing. Yeah. I don't often have good friends on this show. I have okay friends on yeah. this show. Yeah. You're a good friend. Sure. But normally I have just okay guys coming up in here, <laughs> you know, as you like to say, swinging their nuts around, I tr- clinking, clinking I- the wine glasses. This, this mofo who's joining us today... He is a good friend in the sense that, and I can guarantee you this is true. Yeah. Anybody listening to this podcast today, if they need to borrow anywhere from 15 to $38, hmm. he doesn't care. You let him know and he will lend you that money. 39. I'm going to go 39 today. He has oh. gone up an American buck. And I say American buck because he doesn't even live in this country. Where does he live? We're going to find out okay. about that. All right. Okay. And no more. Once we start interviewing him, but not until I say, Elia, Gary, introduce the wet t-shirt off of this show. Ladies and gentlemen, oh. wet t-shirt contestants and wet t-shirt contest uh, people who are in the audience. Yeah, yeah. the observers. Observers, the observers, observers. observers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and when I say wet t-shirt contest, I'm not just saying, don't don't just get into your mind, you know, that's just women. Anybody could oh. be. It's it's all 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 ages, all sexes, uh, all animals. You can't see I, sex. I, I can't. And that's no. why you wound up being married to Mr. Palooka Blake for a while. <laughs> when, didn't you marry, like, your wife's... Brother for a while? I did not. Didn't... No, no, oh. I did not. No, you're 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 mistaken. So I'm no, sorry. I married I married her. You know, it's our anniversary uh, uh, coming up this week. Uh, Nineteen years. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Should we turn this show into an anniversary tribute? Cause I'm down for that. It will uh, allow sure. us to drink more. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Should we drink to your anniversary I, all day long? I think we should. Okay. Yes. All right. Now I interrupted you in the middle of your wet T-shirt contest. Right. Yeah. Uh, welcome to another episode of uh, Day Drinking with Gary and Elliot. I am your host Elliot Blake. Sitting across from me is my equa host Gary Anthony Williams. Oh, and sitting to my left is he's going to be our triequa host today. All right, Mister. Nick Jamison. Good morning, everybody. Actually, it's afternoon, but that's okay. Wherever you are, the sun's over the yard arm, and we are drinking. Nick, what is a yard arm? A yard arm, I think, isn't that where they used to hang people? I don't know. I mean, I literally ask because I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. I I believe the yard arm, they they did hang people from the yard arm uh, on, on ships. Right. Ships at sea when they needed to when they needed to hang somebody when they didn't feel like hey you know we're not we're not using the gangplank uh-huh. right it's like no gangplanks it, no gangplanks uh, it's in service it's, yep. I mean it's out of service it uh-huh. needs maintenance mm-hmm. and when that happens you that's where you hang somebody from the right yard. From if you, the yard. yeah if you hang somebody in the afternoon it's it's weighs heavier in your conscience so you have to be drunk that hence so the phrase you, you hang them. In in the afternoon, in the morning. When's when's the let's 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 cut to what the audience wants to know. When is the best time for a hanging? I'd say in the afternoon because you get to drink. Okay. Hence the expression "sun is over the yard arm." The sun is over the yard arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which also means that means it's over. It's past noon. Sure. Yes, generally. It's, it's yeah. drinking. It's drinking time and it's hanging time. Yep. Before I introduce fully Nick Jamison, before mm. I, as you like to say, Elliot, pull the skin off of this uh, cassava and yes. l- and let the meat show. Always say that. Before. 
before I do that, let's get to making that drink so we can drink early. Yeah. Let's beat the sun over the yard arm. Let Let's us. pre-yard arm it. All yes, right. Yes, yes. All right. Nick Jameson has a very particular tongue. That's... Not well, peculiar. Not peculiar. His I tongue. believe you, you've eaten it uh, several times. Your tongue? Yeah, you I, broiled it. I don't yeah. want to talk about that. No, you don't want to throw it. I, I don't want to <laughs> get into me. I had to get your, a new one. I don't want to get into me eating this guy's tongue. Oh, gosh. Here. Good golly. Nick Jameson said he prefers what type of cocktail? Uh, a, a, uh, and I wish he were here to tell us. Uh, it's just not. Uh, he's a gin and tonic man. He's a gin. Norm, normally, he's normally. a gin and tonic man. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's his. That's his go-to. Yeah. If yeah. you were at a good ship hanging, I would have. And they were a, I would have a G and T. I like it because it's got an initial. Oh, G and T. Mm. Whatever. Good. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Now Elliot has created something for you today, and whatever ah. it is, I certainly hope it has an initial. Uh, yes. Okay. Good. Yes, it does. It's got a G and a T and a P. Oh, what you yeah. make? Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, so today, uh, well, friends, uh, as you know, I have a book called. Uh, uh, I have to look at the cover. That's how that's how discombobulated yeah, I am today. Yeah. I don't remember the name of my book. I'm going to look at it. It's uh, Create 100 Cocktails, a home bar guy's deep dive into the art of cocktail creation. You yep. can get that now on Amazon.com. Or Gumroad Digital. PDF. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. And uh, so if you have the book, if you are playing along at home, and I encourage you to do so, uh, turn to page 61. The okay. bottom of page sixty-one. What's on there? On there is a there's a drink called Sasha's cocktail, which is named for named for the person who who uh, requested the drink uh, for the book, who commissioned the drink. Uh, it's also called the Gin Tonic Plus because mm. it's a gin tonic, mm. or as they say uh, uh, over uh, in Europe and uh, in, in Spain in particular, where these are massively popular. Oh, they're everywhere. They call them they call them gin tonics. So ah. this one is a gin tonic plus, and it's plus because it's not just gin and tonic. It is. Uh, it's gin. Mm -hmm. It's a little Saint Germain. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a little Dolan Blanc, mm -hmm. uh, and it's a little bit of uh, rock and roll, uh, Aperol, and a little bit of rock and roll. Uh, Aper wow. it's, oh, it's got Aperol in it. It's got okay. a touch of Aperol. So it's a. It's a. It's a. It's got a. It's got a hint of spritz, uh, of Aperol spritz. But it's. It's essentially. It's just. It's a modified gin and tonic. Oh. So and so. What we're gonna do. So that's. Uh, it's now. If you're looking at the book, the book says use two ounces of gin. I have since modified this, and the next edition of the book, we're mm. going to scale that back to one ounce. So we're going to use one ounce of gin. I'm using Ford's gin, mm. uh, which is a delightful, uh, delightful London dry gin. Now, that's not Tennessee Ernie Ford, the singer. No, this is a guy named Simon Ford. Okay. Yeah. Probably so, related. Uh, probably. Uh, probably related. He's an English, he's an English fellow. Yeah, the uh, English big, are big in the bar to, world. The English uh, but, are related, but he's to in, he is he is he is related to Tennessee Ernie. Okay, yes, absolutely. Um, so we're going to do an ounce of that. We're going to do uh, a third of an ounce of Saint Germain, which is you know of the uh, elderflower liqueur. We're going to do a third of an ounce of Dolan Blanc Vermouth. Mm, I love uh, we're going to do a third of an ounce of Aperol, mm -hmm. and uh, and then uh, a dash of Regan's orange bitters. We're going to build all this in the glass over ice. We're going to top it with uh, with tonic water. And then we're going to drink it, and it's going to oh, and it's going to get a a, 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 a a grapefruit twist. So this is a G a G and T P a G T P a G T P. So I'm is that down with G T P. Are you down with G T P? Oh, you know me. I know you. You're very well aware of who I am. <laughs> yes, I am. Elliot Blake. Yeah, I'm going to get to it. Get to it. All right. Godspeed. Thank you. And while you do that, Nick Jameson and I are going to chit. Will you follow it immediately by a chat? Immediately by that Thank chat. Thank you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Thank mm -hmm. you. Nick Jameson, yes. a lot of our listening audience knows you. A mm. lot of our listening audience doesn't know they know you. Mm. And three of our listening audiences think they know you. And there are those who wish they didn't. 
Uh, Elliot, when yeah. I first met Nick Jameson, I don't like to bring friends in here because I don't like to tell old stories. Oh, you're opening it. That's, that's a sound of Aperol. That's a fresh bottle of Aperol right there, folks. Uh, I met Nick Jameson on stage acting with him. Yeah. We were doing... Well, we, we, we were we, doing we, improv comedy. We were doing we? improv comedy in beautiful... I would like to call the city Atlanta, Georgia. Yes, you could. Oh. But uh, Nick has a special gift, which I want to exploit all right. I want to exploit him the way I don't know. Say a president might exploit a thirteen-year-old girl and pretend he didn't years later. Hmm. That's okay. how I want to right. exploit that's, his that's talents. That's kind of nasty. Yeah. Well, we have a president who did that. Yeah. Yes. Well. Yeah. Uh, Nick Jameson. I met him doing improv, but this this yellow-haired mofo is. I told Elliot before you walked upstairs here. And by the way, if you guys have never been to my house, I have a lovely flight of 52 flights of stairs to get up to this room it's it's worth it wow. though yeah yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A hall, Nick, it's i don't know why you said wow you just walked up you were just carried yeah, up yeah i didn't really count them though yeah 52 I, full 50. flights it's so Ooh. beautiful uh-huh. these 52 flights of stairs mm-hmm. that you almost feel like you're carried up you're being carried. like you're like you're being carried like you're really, ascending into it, it's like there's a, a certain weightlessness, and uh, I think part of that is because the higher you go, the less the, the gravity less oxygen, is being and less, less oxygen. Yeah, yeah. Less so, oxygen. so it starts to go right to your. You head. get lightheaded, yeah. and then yeah. Jesus, you look yep. down. There's one set of footprints, <laughs> and you realize Jesus carried you up the last. It's <laughs> high altitude mountaineering inside a building. We're in fact in the death zone at the moment. We are in the death. Yeah, zone. we only have a limited amount of oxygen, so. But let's get to use it. that amount of oxygen drinking, as you said. Yes, yes. And freaking loving each other. Let's do it. Nick Jameson is by far the single best improv comic singer I've ever met in my life. And Elliot, I've met people. You have. I I've met. Have. I've met um, uh, Marie Osmond. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 what, what's that guy's name? Shecky. Shecky uh, Green. Green. <laughs> yep. Um, P- the Pillsbury. Uh, Doughboy. Doughboy's son. Oh, you think I, I'm better than him? Yeah. Oh, you met me once. I met you. That almost yeah. hurts to know that because I'm a big fan. You can be a fan of somebody and know you're better than them. Yeah, Elliot so. is always like that. <laughs> he'll always somebody say, "Oh, nice to meet you," and he'll go, "It's kind of nice to meet you too, but I'm better than you." And <laughs> and he's huge fans of theirs. Well, you know what Fuzzy and I used to say when people asked us how we write songs, and we'd say, "I, I don't, you know, it's not like I really write them. I just sort of." It comes to me. It, I channel them. It, oh. I, I just, a feeling comes over mm, me. Mm-hmm. So I can't really take credit for it. And as to why uh, the channel chooses me mm-hmm. and, and not you, it's just because I'm a vastly superior being. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, but you can't take credit for that. No, I can't take credit for that. I didn't make myself a vastly superior a being. A man cannot credit his own superiority. As Shakespeare oh, says, was that, that Dolan? The God gives. Uh, that's the Dolan Block. So I, have a, I, I use a, uh, a vacuum van, you know, a wine cork uh, sealer. Wow. On that, and oh, I just like that. Yeah, it's because you know, somebody's I can't go bragging. Through, I can't go through. I look. This thing. These are cheap, so I'm not really bragging. Yeah. But but you can't. I can't go through a whole bottle of of, uh, of vermouth before it would uh, oxidize. So one of the things that I do: a keep it in the refrigerator, right. and b is I use a uh, uh, I suck the air out of it, so that helps preserve it. Oh, so. well, ah. uh, when you pl- unplug that, yeah. Nick, you were telling me something that William Shakespeare said. And I know, I think he said like three things, so it shouldn't be hard for you to remember yeah, what you were Yeah, this about to was say. number two, gifts that God gives. And I can't remember who said it, Touchstone, maybe? Oh. No. 
What? Touchstone. Touchstone was full of. Crap. He was hum. He was humble bragging about something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Humble bragging. Humble. He's so humble he won't even use the H. Uh, so Elliot, one yep. of the best improv, not one of the best improv singer that I've ever met. So we were doing improv and he was also acting on stage and doing other things in Atlanta. And then somebody at some point came to me and I have to do this all in one big glob, Elliot. All right, do it. Said, you know, Nick used to be a rock and roller, right? And I was like, no, I don't know anything about him except we do stuff together, funny stuff together. And like, no, dude, he was famous rock and roller. He was in Fog Hat. Did not know this. Wait, wait. Like slow ride. For, yeah. Take, take it, it e- yeah. easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that fog hat. Yeah. I don't know how he got with him. We'll find out today. Okay. Mm-hmm. He may have gone to what's that place where all the white people went and got naked and listened to music a long time ago. Uh, 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 uh Woodstock. Woodstock. Oh, I did you go a, there? I, I, no, I, I lived there for a while. Wait, the, oh. the town in the town of okay, Woodstock, got, not the festival, which town. was elsewhere. We got to talk about that. And now this mofo done moved to Iceland, stopped doing all this other stuff mostly, and start being a stand-up comedian over there. We're going to milk this guy dry today. We're going to milk him as one would do a a Jersey helper. And I especially uh, appreciate that knowing of your lactose intolerance. Oh, yeah. For for having me and tolerating my milkiness. That's the thing. I'm going to milk you dry, and I'm going to drink it down. Lactose intolerant or not. I'm drinking Jameson milk today. All well, right. I remember when you ate butter on Malcolm in the Middle. I, okay. That was, that was a long day. Yeah, it was a long day, and I was doing something I call palming it. I was holding oh, it in the you? corner of my mouth and then taking these supposedly tequila shots with it, and then every time I would let this melted butter, I'd spit it into a bucket. Ooh, you did the spit back. It was back. freaking nasty. You did the spit back like the hoes do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, that was when I first started acting, Nick. Now, if they said, hey, can you do the butter thing? I would like. I would say, no, get me a non-dairy butter. And they would go, okay. I yeah. didn't have the sense then. Well, just you, a young yeah, well, you, well, have, also, you have more celebrity time, clout, let's yeah. face it. You, then, you can ask for not butter. I yeah. can ask for anything And now. at the time, the, the, the non-butter substitutes were not as advanced as they, they are now. But they, they still had a, a country crock or something. Oh, yeah. they, they, they could did. have country they crocked me. Did. Nick. Yes. When I met you, you were doing improv. But before right. that, you had had a whole nother life. Right, yes. A Philadelphia, Philly? Philly is where I grew up. I claim Philly because I spent most of my teenage years there. And that's where you kind of learn that, you know, everything. You learn everything in your teenage years. Hold on. If you're telling the audience what I think you're telling the audience, if you want to learn anything, you got to go to Philly. Yeah. Wait, and and it, become a, be a teenager. You got, you got, okay. In your teen years, go to Philly. In, 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 yeah. All the adults out there. Yeah. In your teenage years. Yes. Get thee to Philly. And I think that was Touchstone who said get thee to Philly. He did. Or, or Hamlet, maybe. I, I can't remember. It doesn't matter yeah. anymore. They're dead. They are. Uh, what did you learn as a teenager in Philly? Well, I learned how to play rock and roll. Uh, I learned that that's what I wanted to do. I dropped my country ass out of school and I played guitar. And when did you when did you leave school? I left school at uh, age sixteen, which is the legal age for leaving school. I'd left it before in Europe. I had been going to school in Greece. I dropped out at fifteen because I'm in Greece. What are they going to do? They're going to come after me? What? Hold on. Before okay. In Philly, you learned how to play rock and roll. Well, actually, I, yeah, I learned to play rock and roll. Then we went to Greece for a couple of years, and I played rock and roll in Greece. I had a hit, hit records in Greece. One hit record and some not-so-hit records. 
Do like are they in a place that I could listen to them now? The, the you Grecian, your actually Grecian probably could. Yeah, in fact, you, I'm sure you can find them on YouTube. Okay, I, I will look up Nick Jameson, Greece. What were the names no, of those no, songs? No, no, no. Look at the look under the zoo. That was the name of the band. The zoo. Yes. And the it, zoo. And, wow. Or as the Greeks say, zoological keep. No, I can't remember what it was, but but something yeah, was zoological yeah. in it. And so look under the zoo. And do you know the name of the songs back then? The, the first one and the one that did the best was called I Cry. Oh. I sound like a little biatch on it. I sound so soft and gentle and romantic, and I just want to slap myself when well, I hear you it. You say that, but so, okay. So I'm, I have to jump around a little. So he's talking about sounding soft and gentle uh-huh. when he was in Greece. But later... This was after Foghat. He had a solo career. Mm-hmm. And they were describing you as the androgynous Nick Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to read these articles, dude. He has these Where little, did you find that? He has these little soft girl features oh, about him. Oh, he did. He looked like a little Well, the, the voice was, a, was a precursor to all that. It was a, harbinger, it was a harbinger of my coming androgyny. <laughs> so... It, while in Greece, around 15 or so, was that around 15? Yeah, I when went there were? 14 and 14 and 15, yeah. And that's and you were with the zoo then? Yes. Singing rock and roll music? Yes. Then you went, you got even more into the rock and roll back in Philly after that? Yes, more and more. Uh, more rocked out. Uh, Philly was a great rock and roll town, a great R&B town. Uh, now it's a great hip-hop town. A lot of music come out of Philly. Yeah. Now... When you started with the rock and roll, was that the first music you fell in love with there, or was it? Um, I kind of grew up on classical music. My parents were into it, and I was kind of into it, too. You yeah. know? Uh, I still am. I love it, and I kind of educated myself in it over the years. But yeah, in my heart, I was a rock and roller. Yeah. When did you, when did you hook up with Foghat? Like, how, how far into your life were you then? Oh, I was in my early 20s, um, 21, 22. They came to me. They, they weren't happy with some of the mixes on their first album. And I had just started engineering. Mm-hmm. And uh, So you my, were, as far as they knew, you were mostly an engineer? Yeah, that's okay. all they knew. But I, I was an engineer. The, the president of the record company used to be my manager in Philly. He's from Philly also. Uh, there's this whole th- Philly thread happening here that I'm weaving. And uh, I was living in Woodstock working at Bearsville Studios. And... Paul said, yeah, try this kid up there in uh, Woodstock. Try him. He didn't talk anything like that. I'm just, but oh, no, to no. me, he does. Not yeah, like yeah. literally. literally yeah. If I met Paul today and he didn't talk like that, I'd hit him. Yeah. It's like, you're, you're supposed to talk like that if, yeah. you own, if you run a record company. And if you don't, you get fined. But, you know, so that's why he had to do it. Anyway, he sent Foghat, up, Foghat's manager, up to Woodstock where I was engineering. Oh, you got a hummingbird outside your window. Yeah. Nice. Uh, he sent them Nick, up there. And I, you, I remixed some of their songs. you want to see a certain type of bird? Yeah. Say it, and I can have them summoned outside the window. Oh, man. You know this is a... We're up 52 stories, stories. Nick. Anything is possible. You got birds that can fly up into the death zone? Yes. Oh, man. Nick, they're wearing... They do anything for Gary. For me. For me and a a seed, they'll do anything. Do you get them drunk? No, no. No, they crash into the window. crash into the Anyway, so I mixed a few of these songs, and they liked them, and then... A couple albums later, they asked me to produce an album, which I did. And what album was that? That was Rock and Roll Outlaws. Rock and Roll their Outlaws. Their third album, I believe. And uh, then they and their bass player parted ways, and they asked me if I could play bass. And I lied and said yes, and uh, went out and bought a bass, <laughs> practiced for a week, went down on audition, got the part. And so, okay, hold on. You did not play bass? Not really. I kind of, <laughs> you know, all guitar players can play bass. They take a pick, and they... 
sort of go bum dum 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 and they think that's bass playing it's not um i ha- i learned to play with my fingers uh rob the guitar player was very specific they considered anybody who didn't play with their fingers uh, uh, they just considered that they must die as soon as possible. Wow. Yeah, and would not be accepted into the band. So I learned to play with fingers, and that sounds dirty, but it's not. No. And uh, got the audition, and I said I would join them for a year because I'd already stopped playing that kind of music. I was trying to be a jazz bow. You know, I was so you had been in the rock and roll, but you said, I'll play with you guys for a year. Yeah, I figured I, would, I knew I was going to make another record with them, and the main reason I joined is because I love the guys. They're just the coolest. Mm-hmm. I figured we'd just have a great time. That's before I knew what being on the road was like. So, uh, so how long did it take you to learn bass enough to go audition for them and get the job? I'd say I went after it for about a week, um, but I, but I was you know I was a pretty decent musician, <laughs> but it has a sad part to it too because what? One, after I did join them I figured I had to keep learning I'm not going to sit on a week you know that's not going to that's not going to do it so I would listen to you know the guy in Tower of Power I wish I could remember his name he was so monstrous yeah. Stanley Clark uh, Bootsy Collins all these funky guys yeah. stuff that had nothing to do with Foghat music but learning and really I, learning that yeah I just learned that stuff and by the time we made the Fool for the City record I was able to bring some of that funk in there just enough not to <laughs> mess with their thing oh that looks oh, delicious oh cheers yeah, yeah. Elliot, this is yep. to the to your anniversary. Thank you. And the drink is called again? Uh, gin Tonic Plus. The GTP. GTP. Good luck, everyone. It's yes. beautiful. I feel Cheers. I feel that like a is. very androgynous Jameson drink in this. <laughs> that is. I think that it's should be the name pinkish, of a drink. It's got a lovely pinkish hue. The Androjame. Yeah, I like it. It's got that little bitter kick that Elliot Blake has come to love in his life. Mm-hmm. And it's got a deep, fruity flavor. Ooh, I feel that, that's grapefruit. Uh, skin, right? Grapefruit rind? Is yeah, they got a little grapefruit twist in there. It's very, actually, it's not nice. little, it's big. It kind of it wraps around the whole... It is quite big, yeah. It wraps around the whole glass. Oh, we're drinking... It imparts a great deal of flavor. I, look, I have nothing against white women. Lord knows I married one. And mm-hmm. I've screwed more than that. Right. In the past. In the past. Not right now, guys. I'm not. talking... These are three guys in here with me, everybody. <laughs> yep. But... I feel like a white woman on the beach drinking oh, this peach-colored yeah. drink. Yeah, yeah this I, is, yeah. Hello, sailor. All white women say that on the beach. Uh, uh, yeah. Hello, sailor. How are you today? Regardless <laughs> of whether or not they're sailors right. there. Yeah. And they will thank them for their service with a firm handshake. Yes. yes. This is as beachy as a Mai Tai, but it's not a terrible drink. It's uh, a wonderful drink. It's a wonderful drink. It's a legitimate drink. drink. Cheers, What do you Elliot? feel about Mai Tais, Elliot? Do you feel that's a drink or is it just... Yeah, I feel like it's a drink. Because I've, I've gone it. to the, the beach bar at the Royal Hawaiian mm-hmm. in Oahu and had the Mai Tai on acid of death from hell. Uh, I, no, I had one of them <laughs> and wandered home barely able to walk. Well, first of all, my ties my ties can be strong, but yeah. it it almost seems Elliot and you can correct me as an animation producer and a bartender. Sure, yeah. It might have been the acid. It could have been the acid. <laughs> it could have been the acid. If there was acid, if they used acid. Oh, with in, the Royal Hawaiian? At the Royal Hawaiian. No. Wait, wait, maybe then wait, wait, it, wait, yeah. I, oh, am I missing so I thought you said you had a mai tai and you also had acid. Did oh. I did I read that wrong? No. Did I say that? <laughs> I must be on acid. I took acid today. That must be what's doing oh, it. Probably t- today's acid gives you yesterday's dreams. I read that on a poster in '84. Oh, that's beautiful. Wow. Uh, speaking of beautiful, you are beautifully on the road with this fog hat thing. Yes. Around twenty something, but yeah. I've I've noticed a gap in his timeline, Elliot. Yeah. From fifteen to like twenty. Yeah. 
I haven't heard or sixteen to twenty. I haven't heard crap of what you were doing. Apparently, you weren't doing jack. Oh, I know you learned how to yeah. play bass in a week, and then <laughs> went on the road with one of the biggest rock and roll bands. Well, but uh, between that that time, I had a band in Philly. I was in a band in Philly. I didn't have them like you have a baby or you know a disease, but I was in them. They were but, called you know, the but, American but hold Dream. On. Let's stop. Having a baby and a disease are two very different things. That's true. I wasn't saying I wasn't. I, I wasn't. Uh, what's the word? Coambulating. Uh, Coambulating. Yeah. No, I was not. Co- <laughs> I was not coambulating or coagulating or anything. <laughs> no. Uh, I was in a band called the American Dream, uh, which was a pretty big band in Philly. We never really broke out much beyond that, but we were a good band. We were a good rocking band, and then um, Todd Rundgren produced our first record, and he had just started engineering and producing and he kind of inspired me to get into that Mm -hmm. because he was one of those kind of do everything guys and I have a little bit of that in me and uh, so I started teaching myself how to engineer and build a little studio under the warehouse where I was staying and um, learned how to do that and then Paul Fishkin the guy who doesn't talk like this got got me a job in Woodstock at Bearsville Studios which was owned by Albert Grossman uh, manager of Bob Dylan, Janis Joplin. Does he talk like that guy too? No, Bob, Albert Grossman talked like this. Uh-huh. Somebody came up to him one time in a deli and said, hey, are you Albert Grossman? He said, sometimes. <laughs> he was, wow. says he looked like Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> he looked kind of like a cross between Benjamin Franklin oh. and Santa Claus, and he was a character. If you think I'm not going to use that all the time <laughs> when people ask me if I'm Gary, <laughs> No, but that's Albert a, was a, Albert was a wonderful person, really. And uh, yeah, so uh, he got me a job up there, and I started learning the engineer. And then I got into producing. Uh, I produced my friend Jesse Frederick. Album, unfortunately, never came out. Some problems here and there. Worked with Paul Butterfield. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot of engineering. Uh, Chris Smither, Bonnie Raitt's second album, I believe. You I, produced I, Bonnie Raitt? I, I, I didn't produce it. I, I, I engineered it. Engineered uh, it. Co-engineered it, actually. I'm starting. I'm starting from you know the, yeah. from the beginning here. Uh-huh. Um, and I produced a wonderful artist named Tim Moore. Hi, Tim, if you're listening out there. Um, and uh, then I started. I, I, around then is when I started working with Foghat, mm-hmm. and, and they took a lot of my time up. But uh, so so then now now we made the fog. I, I made him. I made him fix those four years of his. I appreciate memory that. lapse because yeah. he was telling us stuff about acid and my ties. Mm. We didn't know what to believe anymore. Mm. Yeah, I know. Uh, you. Take a week to learn bass. And by the way, kids, go to Philly. Mm-hmm. Apparently drop out of school twice. Twice. At mm-hmm. age 15 and 16. Yep. Take a week to learn bass and mm-hmm. go on the road with whatever hot rock and roll band there is. But I have to put the uh, advisory in there. You will get tendonitis in your left hand if you do that. When do you get it? Right then? Or uh, halfway halfway through the tour that you're on and you go to Lubbock, Texas and have it messed with and it gets worse well it's lubbock it's dude. lubbock i know they the doctors there i don't know if you've been in lubbock that's Never where asked. leslie's family's from mm-hmm. the doctors they have hammers they use hammers they don't have any any yeah, medical ball peen hammer ball mm-hmm. peen on yeah. my on my ring finger and uh yeah that kind of took the fun out of the second half of the tour unfortunately I so you finally, played that whole time with tendonitis yeah and then i finally got it fixed the wonderful actor brad duriff um, you may know from Deadwood. <coughs> mm-hmm. He yeah. was the voice of Chucky. He was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, playing Billy Bivet. Uh, turned me. He was a friend of mine. He turned me on to his uncle, and who was a 
big doctor at one of the big hospitals. There was Cedars. No, that's here. I don't remember. But let's make this, up a name for the hospital. Let's make up a name. Uh, New, not, New York Rock and Roll Hospital. New York Rock and Roll Hospital. Okay, yeah. and he pretty much he fixed my hand. At New York Rock and Roll Hospital. Yeah, New York Rock and Roll Hospital. And what did, was it like operation or was it like? No, it was like a series of cortisone shots. Okay. Um, I, I hate even, to say this, but cortisone can work, guys. It can. Yeah. It's fixed my foot and it fixed my shoulder and it fixed Nick Jameson Rock and Roller's hand. And several times when I have lost my voice 100%, mm-hmm. I've popped a little cortisone and been able to sing. Wow. And uh, on a session and one time at a blues festival last year, the only problem is it takes you a week of feeling like you want to just blow your brains out afterwards. So, uh, well, for, yeah. don't, don't, don't blow your brains out. No, I, I, uh, I wouldn't, no, no. And the thing about, you can't do too much cortisone, right? Like your body can only take so much yeah, and then it, it starts you pay a, you pay a price. It. You pay a price. Well, at, yeah. least, at least with the oral prednisone, you will, I, at, at least with me, you pay a price and... Uh, yeah, I think with shots, like you can only get, like my doctor, like I can't give you, if this one doesn't work, you can't get any more or whatever. It's like only a few, because I think it, does it stay in your body or shut down your kidneys or makes your, I think it'll make your heart explode. with your adrenal your glands, I think. I'm yeah, not I sure what all I mean, it does. it's a steroid. It, yeah, will, it is it a will, steroid. It will, it, will, it will give you a rage. Yeah. A roid rage. Well, you avoid those when you're mixing cocktails, don't you? The, steroids? Yeah, you don't put them in. I don't them. put any steroids. These are steroid free. You didn't put them in the. But if yeah, somebody okay, ordered okay. a drink called like the mean and green, you probably want to get roided up to do that. I would get roided up to mix it. Okay. But I would not use steroids, steroids in the drink. In the drink. Right. Yes, yeah. No, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's smart living. Yep. Uh, how long were you on the road with the fog of the hat? Um, a year, as I said, I would. I quit. just one. You yeah, really I, lived up to what you told I them. I lived up for it. Yeah, it, it was getting kind of playing arenas is not as fun <laughs> as you might think it was. <laughs> I like playing oh, a club. <laughs> May I just reiterate, uh, Elliot Blake? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm going to take a year mm-hmm. to learn to pay, play the bass. Okay. Then I'll go out and play arenas for a year. Okay. For a year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a week. Yeah, a week. I wouldn't a week, advise it. A week to play the bass. Yeah. To learn to play, yeah. Then I'll go out and play arenas for a year, but only for a year. One year, yeah, yeah. But you're not playing for people. You're playing for a big wall of noise. You're playing for <laughs> and a sea of lighters held up. Oh, so, people. Which, yeah, the first couple times you do it, it's like, oh my god, what a rush. And then after a while, it's like I can't hear myself. I can't see the crowd. <laughs> Would you it's, go? I got earplugs in. I got to where oh, I was. Wow. I was drinking a. You'll appreciate this. I was drinking a bottle of Piper Heights Champagne every night before going on stage. Wow. And I would come off stone sober. Wow. Because it was ju- it was getting to me, Gary. Wow. It was just getting to me. Wow. Yeah, I like the I like to play smaller venues where you can connect with the audience. You are a yeah, you are very good at connecting with your audience. I mean, you treat your audience like I treat him with respect. Yeah, it it's not like, just hey, a one-nighter hey, for me. Hey, I'm know? in your living room right yeah, now. We're all yeah. sitting around jamming together. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you had your rock and roll career, right? You did your year, and then that was it. That was it for well, for Foghat anyway. And uh, after that, I went and made a solo record. That's the one where they said you <laughs> you look like a little <laughs> no, <android>. no. The <laughs> androgynous was in my teenage. That years. was the, no. This is when you were under Nikki J. No, was that Nikki? no, Nikki, no, was, Nikki uh, Jameson. It, that that well, I remember that article. It was about the American Dream, my okay. Philadelphia band. That's when you. Yeah, I was like skinny as a rail and had long blonde hair, and I probably was androgynous. Now, I had a beard for my first. Can you be an androgynous with a beard? Nope, nope. Okay, so <laughs> I was not androgynous I, I, on my first I album. I would say you can. Yeah, you would say that. you I are. Yeah, say, yeah. Well, you're repping for well, beards. I, I have I, a beard. I respect that. I, yeah. I, what about the bearded ladies? 
They, the bearded they're not ladies, androgynous. They're, not they're ladies. Yeah, they're ladies with oh, beards. Just plain old ladies. <laughs> good point, good but, point, I am, but I am point. glad you, because so many people don't stand up for the bearded ladies anymore. I, you they know just what? let them. We, we, we're living in a society where we don't we don't stand up for the little people enough. Uh, or, you know, for people, for, for marginalized For anyone uh, uh, who looks different than. Or anybody that looks different. Yep. And, I, and I choose the, the, bearded, the bearded ladies. ladies. Yeah. Yeah, for, okay. I have nothing against a bearded lady, but yeah, I, I just won't go that. so far as. Androgyny. Now you're right about you. You are correct about that. I, I I concede your point. Right, right. Okay. Right. So what was the solo album then? If it was, it was called Already Free, uh, and it was kind of a rootsy, what you would call nowadays Americana, because I'd been living in Woodstock, working with people like Butterfield and Bonnie Raitt and Chris Smither and and jeez uh, Jeff Muldar, so many people who were just came from a sort of a bluesy, rootsy or a New Orleans place. Bobby Charles was there. And that really influenced me, so that's kind of where that record was, but with a good healthy, healthy tinge of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. In it. You did that. Yep. When did you go into acting and comedy? When did that switch? Because to me, it's like your life is in so many different hunks. Mm-hmm. You were like rock and roll, right? On albums. Uh, by the way, uh, <laughs> I'm telling this story whether you want it or not. One time, I'm <laughs> over Nick's house and. As I said, when I met him, he never talked about rock and roll. Didn't know anything about it. I knew nothing about it. I knew him as a funny guy, great actor. That's all I knew. I'm over. He finally convinced Gary, you got to get out to California. You got to get out. He moved out before I did. And we're working on, we've done a lot of music-y comedy stuff together. Mm-hmm. And he's working on something. And he tell, sends me to his closet to get some wires or something, right? I and I, cables. And I go in, and there's a bunch of gold and platinum albums in his closet. He's <laughs> like, what really? are these? It's <laughs> like, why are these in your fucking <laughs> closet? I, and, and he goes, I, I'm dumb in that part of my life. Did like, I what? Yeah, oh I'm dumb in that. Like, wow. what are you doing? <laughs> well, you I didn't melt them down or sell no, them or you anything. didn't, but they were like just hidden. In the, just not hidden, but you know, like no one would ever know. No one would ever know what was going on. Well, one has to live in the moment. One can't dwell on past glories. You don't have to dwell on them, but no. you don't have to lock them away in a closet. I suppose so. Okay, God, especially I, if they're I drawing oxygen. Ass. Yeah. So when did you when did you make that switch over to act? When did you go? That's enough music time to. Well, this brings us back to Philadelphia. Um, to follow your career path that you're recommending to people, you must go back to Philadelphia and try to do some rock climbing and you must be foolish enough to solo something way above your grade. Solo and means you're by you're, yourself? You're by yourself, you're not, no ropes, nothing. Uh, you're not using any protection. And then you fall off and break your ankle and you're in and out of the hospital for a year and you lose your record contract and, wow. and uh, you spend all your money because you don't have insurance and you look for something to do. And a friend of mine, friend of ours, Friend of ours, David DeVries, yeah, uh, was a good friend of mine. And he David DeVries, uh, if you're listening, hello, uh, Elliot. David DeVries is a fantastic voiceover actor, yeah. yeah. And seemingly, Nick, and I'm using air quotes, and yeah. I'm saying seemingly in a questionable way. Yeah. Seemingly, a very nice guy. He is a wonderful guy. He's okay. also a Broadway actor. Yes, he's he is. been on Broadway. He's a great theater actor. He's done films, TV. He's, he's He's the guy who really got me into all of that because I thought, well, voiceover, this, I'd been messing with voices my whole life and driving people crazy uh, and, and making them wish I'd stop. And I thought, well, here's an outlet for that. So I made a little voiceover demo. I sent it around to some agents, and they liked it, and I started working at that. And I loved it because I'd been in this pattern of being stuck in a studio or stuck on the road mm-hmm. and just doing the same thing over and over again and not having that interaction that I like. 
and all of a sudden I show up somewhere, I get to work with other people, I get I go home, I get paid, boom, done. Yeah. I loved it. And that led to acting because my agent said, well, I want to send you out uh, for acting roles. And I said, well, I've taken some acting classes and I suck because I had. I, I didn't connect with it. Um, but they said, let us send you out anyway. So they did. I, I remember the first industrial film I did, I noticed that when people were having their close-ups then they would be perfectly relaxed when mm-hmm. they were on a wide shot or the other guy was talking but when it came to their close-ups people would tense up oh wow and the magic would huh. kind of leak out oh, wow. and i thought in order to be good at this i have to find something way harder mm-hmm. to get good at related but way harder so i decided i'd seen improv comedy i thought god damn it i'm gonna try that mm-hmm. so i did and i just fell in love with it right away and i found that it was something i could do and that was my inroad into acting yeah. and made me feel like yeah i could find a way to that for my you know to use myself in this acting thing mm-hmm. so that's that's how that happened uh uh elliot i'm, yeah. go- I'm going to call you elliot because that's my name i uh when i came to la and I'm trying to get into the voiceover world out here. I was already working in Atlanta, and I came to L.A., and I needed a new demo. And I was like, Nick, let me listen to your demo tape. And at this time, they were on cassette. Yep. Right. And he puts it in, and it's a demo tape that he, with all, all of his skills, his voice, and we'll talk about more about his voice later because he was the Russian president on 24. Oh, uh, you played that Australian guy on uh, Lost. Lost. Lost, right, right? Yeah, like he played. Yeah, no, yeah, he's he's it's ridiculous. So he's using that those voice skills. He's using his singing skills, his engineering skills to make this voiceover demo. And I listen, and at the end of side one, it's all these voices that you go impossible that this one guy's doing it. At the end of side one, it's like flip it over, I think, and there's a. Uh, there's Jonathan Livingston Vampire <laughs> a whole right. opera musical that he's done on the other side. And I listened to that thing. It was like I would pay $20 for this and feel like I've just been given a, a lifetime worth of entertainment playing this over and over in my car. Uh-huh. And I listened to it and I thought, if I didn't already know I could do voiceover... I would quit the business right now. I was like, I can't, I can't do that. I can't compete with that in any way. Wow. And I thought, and I said, Nick, if I didn't already know I could do voiceover and make money, edit, I would quit now. And he said, that's what I want motherfuckers to think. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad this motherfucker right here didn't think that. That was <laughs> <laughs> like, like you didn't stay with that feeling. You no. went ahead. You went ahead. No, I went got, ahead because I was on. already doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... That it was like still the single most incredible voiceover demo I have ever heard in my life. Oh, thank you, man. Oh, dude, it's, it kills. It wow. kills. I had well, you know, the concept for it was interesting, and I'd sort of stolen it from a advertising producer in, in Atlanta. I wish I remembered his name. And I guess it's been done before, like way in the past, where you start a sentence, and in the middle of the sentence, you break into another scene. Sure, yeah. Um, so it's all one thing, and and. and it, it keeps all morphing. One, it keeps transforming. It was all one contiguous story, but it would it'd be as if I just said, oh, man, this, this glass is absolutely terrific. Mm-hmm. And then his next thing might come in a totally different voice, totally different right, right. energy. Terrific sale on tires happening today at blah, blah, blah. Right. It and it just cuts right in the middle. And, and, and the, you know, the, the sort of 
recorded ambience would change, the voice would change, the whole vibe would change, and you just do that over and over and over again. Yeah. That yep. was one side of it. Yeah. And the other side was a musical. Oh, I have to tell you about the vampire bat. Uh, Jonathan uh, Livingston Siegel uh, was written by a guy named Richard Bach. Yep. Big, best-selling, one of the, probably the first New Age book ever. And I got to know him and his wife, Leslie. Uh, they had heard my second album, uh, my Motown album, and they really liked it. And told a friend who told somebody at Motown, and they told me, and uh, we got in contact with each other and just became good friends. And we made a record, or I, I did, I made a record based on their book one that they were writing at the time. They said, we want you to make a record that kind of parallels the book, so I did that. And while we were doing it, I, I had read, I read Richard's book, Illusions, and he has a chapter in there where he's going on about vampires from Transylvania and uh, I I love that kind of stuff so I wrote Jonathan Livingston Vampire Bat <laughs> and said it to him and then I redid it you know for, for that tape it's yeah. terrific it should probably be a an animated uh, Elliot oh. animation producer oh are you it should, yes. yeah. it should actually probably be an animated now do short. people know about Jonathan Livingston Siegel anymore I think so. yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, I think so. it's, it's in the American yeah, yeah. yeah it's it, kind it of in the I think even if they don't necessarily know what it is they've they know heard that it. and yeah. it's kind of like it's in the it's ether. in there can yeah. we can we just step back? Just, you can just just one, one twelve moment. steps. I just, step back, me. I, I just I want to. This is what you got to do with his life yeah, I, for I, real. Well, that's that's why because yeah. because I was like this kind of this kind of threw on passing. Oh my my Motown album. Right. <laughs> and so, so I was the so, only white guy in Motown, I believe. At well, the time. Well, when did you put out a Motown al album? In the eighties. In the eighties. Uh, on the Motown label. On the Motown label, yeah. I oh, did. What, what was this? And what it was, was like totally '80s-ish. It was it was me, but in an '80s mode. There was nothing particularly Motown. I mean, I love Motown, uh, that whole tradition and that sound. And you know, of course, I can't sing like that at all. But I, it just happened that I ended up on the label. They they wanted to do something different, and uh, they signed me. What was the name of the record? The record was <laughs> what was I think the record was called a crowd. Yeah, it was called a crowd of one. Same name I called my voiceover yeah, tape. Yeah. I use that name crowd again, which made a lot more sense for the voiceover tape. Yeah, <laughs> sure. But, uh, yeah, that's how that happened. A crowd of one. Yeah, and yeah Nick Damon's a Motown guy. <laughs> <laughs> looking, I can't believe you didn't know that. I'm looking, that, I'm looking that up right now. Uh, <laughs> Elliot, yeah. some of my uh, great joys used to be on Sunday evening. Uh, I love cartoons. That is why I'm in the world of cartoons. That's uh, Do them voiceover. I love them. I will watch them. Uh, on Sunday evenings, I used to, that was like my favorite cartoon night long ago, and it had The Simpsons on, and it had a cartoon Nick Jameson was on, and yeah. I watched it every Sunday night. Oh, The that Critic. Was the Critic. The critic. Yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Critic. yeah. Uh, what was what? the character you played in there? Vlada, Vlada Vilomirovich. He, he was, was the... He ran the restaurant, Landrige. Uh, yes, a yeah. very obsequious little fellow, yeah. You did that? You did... When did you do Queer Duck? Was it around that same? Oh, Queer Duck. Yeah, it was a little bit after. That was also Mike Reese. Was it Mike Reese and Al Jean, or did Mike do that on his own? I'm not sure. But Mike Reese is... Um, Mike Reese and Al Jean uh, created The Critic along with uh, James L. Brooks. And uh, Mike, I, I kind of lost track with Al, of Al a little bit, but Mike, Mike retired not much later than that in his, I think, early 40s and went on to do more work than he had ever done before. He, the guy just pumps out stories and books, kids', kids books, uh, 
an, animated musicals, uh, plays. He writes a play every year. I mean, he's, wow. the guy's the guy's just wow. brilliant. So he he created Queer Duck, and um, yeah. Oh, there I it found is. I found a crowd, uh, a crowd of one. Yeah, Nick yeah. Jameson. It is out of print. You got to hunt. By the way, the look at that face. I, still yeah. androgynous. Ah, so. even at a crowd of one time. Yeah. I wouldn't fuck Still that guy. Still soft features. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You don't want to screw everybody who's androgynous. No, 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 I suppose not. No. But you can uh, you appreciate their we're, soft we're gonna, features. I will put. I will put that album cover on our uh, Instagram. We got to put. All, <laughs> we we got to put. <laughs> check the back picture. You want to see androgynous? It's. Not, I wouldn't call it androgynous. I would call it just. I don't know what I would call well, well, what it. Embarrassing. Well, like, I mean, like, I mean, part of it is. I think androgynous just, is Greek so, for like, embarrassing. Look, yeah. nineteen eighty six. I remember 1986. I was, I was 16. And, uh, you know, and, and certainly looking back at the clothes of that time. Yeah, well, it was it Prince. Not, and it was Prince, but also a lot it. of shoulder pads. Yep, yep, It yep. just was not, like, those things. Yeah, Duran Duran. Yeah, yeah Duran, all that Duran, stuff. Like, yeah. And those, those, those fashions might come. I think they came back. And no, then they, did they? Slightly. Oh, no. Somebody but let them back? I, I thought they'd they, build a women, wall to no, keep them out. No, these always shoulder pads, though. Women came back with the shoulder pads. Yeah, but they, but, yeah, some of that stuff did not. Does not hold up. Yeah, the hair doesn't hold up. <laughs> oh yeah, no. The, the hair, hair. It'll, it'll look. It will come back. Beards were gone. Right. Beards came back. The hair will come Be- back. You right. know, will you think a mullet will come back? Ooh. Mullets never left in the south. Well, that's true. They but didn't. I mean, They're still know, wearing mullets. You can still mullet it. Mike, my, we were driving. I was. Uh, my daughter came uh, to work with me the other day, and we were driving home, and uh, and my, my office is uh, in Hollywood, and we were passing. Uh, we, we were crossing Hollywood Boulevard, uh, and a kid. Uh, I'd been nine years old. Walked by, and it's it's high tourist season uh, here in Los Angeles, <laughs> uh, and and you know you know the tourists. And this kid walked by. I didn't take any notice, and my daughter just went wah. I was like, what's what's wrong? He's like that kid had a real mullet, and yeah. she pointed she pointed, and he was already you know I couldn't see the front of it, but man, that was real party in the back mullet, yeah, and yeah, I could yeah. tell from the front. That it was, was business. That it was business, and I and and it was the real it was a real deal. Like I hadn't yeah. seen a mullet like that. I hadn't seen a mullet like that in I don't know. Yeah, a couple of decades. Yeah, they, they, they yeah. can still make them. Yeah, they can still make. Them. Yeah. So sorry. Anyway, I didn't mean to, to digress into mullet. That is talk. not a yeah. digression. Yeah. I mean, we just saw Nick Jameson looking like nineteen eighty six suave, suave, oh, suave yeah. king of the world. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> uh, the white man on Motown. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep, yep. But that's the thing. Elliot, his life is nutsoing. So how long were you the Russian president on? Uh, three seasons. On 24. Okay. Yeah, seasons five, six, and eight. Wow. Day five, six, and eight, as they call them, because each season was a day. Right. Okay. Yeah. And for that, here's when I moved out here, uh, I couldn't go on the internet to learn um, accents. So if I needed an accent... Um, I would either call Nick Jameson, yeah. who would sit, tell me which cassette to go pick up at Samuel French Bookstore. Yep. And I don't care what kind of accent it was, Jamaican, whatever. And he'd explain the differences and everything to me. Or he would just go, go to Sam French, get this. Don't get that. You need the thing with the native speakers. Don't get There was some guy who you used to hate. Uh, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to get sued. I'm yeah. not going to get sued. <laughs> I don't mind getting sued. I got. I have more money. Than I could ever spend, and, you, and you'll, it'll never go it away. It will never go right, away, right? Because why? Irreversibly rich. Irre- irreversibly. Irreversibly rich. Yeah, irreversibly you remember, rich. you used to say, "I am one with, with a large sum of money," money. and yes. I said that until I became irreversibly rich. Yes. And if it ever starts running low, I say that again, 
and they fill up the coffers. Yeah. Do you think it had anything to do with the fact that you're like totally brilliant and talented? Nope. And, and, no? Oh. Nothing. Just the, just the mantra. Just okay. the mantra. All right. Uh, what was I saying? Uh, the, the, uh, uh, the accent. The, the, the accent. Right. So Nick would just tell me, oh, here's how you do that accent. And he would go into the accents for me, and I would either record them or just remember them or remember the sound differences. But the dude could do anything. So much so that I met a girl from Australia, and she said, no Americans. She said it in an Australian accent. You remember this? Uh, I do. She goes, no American can do a good, a real, an authentic Australian accent. And I said, my buddy Nick Jameson can. So I'm at someone else's house, and she's there, and Nick's somewhere else. And she said, none can. And I said, I'll call him. I called Nick. I was like, Nick, Hi. I'm talking to this girl, and she says she's from Australia. No Americans can do an authentic Australian accent. And he's like, put her on. And I give her the phone, and I walk away. And I come back like 20 minutes later. They're still talking. Finally, she hangs up. And I said, well, she goes, no Americans can do an authentic Australian accent. I was like, you didn't think he was good? She goes, he's from Australia. Uh, <laughs> he had to right, I Right. I told her I was from Australia. Yeah. He, and spoke to her for 20 minutes. As in Aussie. Right, right, right. And you know what's stranger than that? When I was shooting Lost, I, was, uh, I had a scene with Emily Duravin, an uh, Australian actress, wonderful actress. And I was speaking Aussie during the takes, but between takes, I'm speaking as I'm speaking now. At lunchtime, she said to me, so, when are you going back? I said, what do you mean? When are you going back to Oz? I said, no, I'm, I'm not from there. I'm so yeah. she thought, I guess she thought I was faking the American between takes, maybe to make wow. the crew comfortable. I don't wow. know what she wow. thought. <laughs> so now with the Russian, what was the deal with that? Because you you spoke in Russian sometimes there, right? When I spoke to your own? fake Russian. I know very little Russian. Wait, the, network let, the network let you speak fake Russian? Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was one <laughs> like scene I gibber? remember in particular. I was my car had just been blown up, and I attacked with a flamethrower, as you do. And I uh, was walking from the car with a phone in my hand, quite upset at having been flamethrowered, and speaking to somebody. And they said, "Okay, you, you should be speaking in Russian." I said, "Well, you know, I can't speak Russian." Just fake it. So I was grip just as once this stuff is good to get you to put your way. You know, all this while I'm walking along. And I said, You're going to replace that in post with real Russian. I said, Of course, of course, we're not going to put fake Russian. <laughs> now I'm at Glenn Morshower's house when, because we used to go and watch the episodes when they'd air. And Glenn Morshower played Agent Pierce, and he's a great actor. You've seen him a million times. And um, I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there with my wife, uh, Kathleen Gatti, who played uh who speaks russian we're watching this and to my horror this scene comes on and they had not replaced it it's fake russian for everybody to hear and nobody noticed kathleen didn't notice all the people who watch 24 all the 24 geeks nobody noticed nobody has ever busted me on it wow i just wonder what the hell i was saying oh yeah wow clearly something wonderful (laughs) (laughs) it may have been like if you're Russian and you're hearing this, do not let the Americans know that we have their codes to a yeah. missile launch. Yeah, you probably, may have been helping. I may have been doing that. Yeah, I may. Yeah. I may have been saying there's going to be a president, uh, presidential election coming up, in and we the, got in it. the distant future, and you guys got to get in on it. Yeah, I we got we yeah. got this mofo in yeah, our yeah. pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick moved to Iceland a couple of years ago. Elliot, he was like, "I'm done." 
with the rat race yeah. of the USA. Yeah. I'm moving to Iceland. I'm done with my rock and roll. I'm done no, with... No, 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 no. That's what he said. I did? No. No, I didn't say that. I I didn't say I was done with anything. I just, I felt, you know what it was, Gary? I fell in love with Iceland. I fell in love with Iceland. Now, everybody was asking me to nick meet a woman over there, and I said, no, he told me, like you just said, he fell in love with Iceland. Reykjavik is my lady, and I love her. Mm. Does she know where you are now? Does she know? Uh, Yeah, she lets me roam a little bit. Oh, You know, she keeps a tight leash, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh... Now, when I went to visit him in Iceland, mm-hmm. the land of uh, the ice, they call it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Glaciers and volcanoes. Yeah, and glaciers and volcanoes. Fire and ice. Land of fire and ice. Yes. Is that really what they call it? The land of fire yeah, and people ice? People say that. Uh, so so they call it that. Name. Yeah. People, oh, Gary, a- ask, ask me if it's true that Iceland is green and Greenland is, is ice. Is it true that Iceland is green and Greenland is ice? We are no longer friends. Congratulations. Oh, holy. Wow. <laughs> no, Icelanders hate it when right you say that. that. Don't ever ask an Icelander if Iceland is green and Greenland is But I will say that Iceland was pretty green when I went there. And, it's beautiful. And very glaciery as well. Well, people focus on the word ice. There's also a word land in there. <gasps> there is land. I Things never heard that. I it. never heard that word until now. Yeah, it's true. You focus, I, it's, yeah, there's not that much ice. In February, there's ice. You know, it's, well, then, I went out to the glaciers and I oh, out there, yeah, out yeah. in the country, out in the sticks, there is ice. Yeah. You but would, not you would, in the city itself. In the city, yeah. It, people it was, it was people have a misconception about Iceland. It's, it's pretty temperate. It's on the Gulf Stream. So the winters are cold, and they, you know, February and March can get kind of nasty. We consider March winter. and uh, But, but like, we're having a wonderful summer right now. Summer? Sunny, I loved cause yeah. yeah, well, it was literally day. It was sunny. And it was light outside all, all day, day long. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 really a gorgeous place. It's the most beautiful place I've ever seen, and it's just I just love it so much. I still I love it more now than <laughs> when I moved there. And I love the hell out of it then. Yeah, he sounds gay for. I Iceland. am totally gay for Iceland. And now I'm a support. I'm a person who supports gay rights, but I don't support gay rights for Iceland. I am standing huh. standing for Iceland. You're Geisland. That's I'm what Geisland. I'm going to start. Calling. <laughs> Geisland. Wow. Uh, I, I've never been. I, it's one of the places on my list that I would really And love you to can go. be gay for Iceland. You will be accepted there because we have uh, one of the highest, uh, well, we have probably rated highest for uh, women's rights, equal pay, everything, gender equality, and also for LGBT rights. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a very strong LGBT community, um, very vibrant, and you just don't feel any negativity in that That's sense fantastic. there. Yeah. No, not at all. I am I am happy for that. I love mm-hmm. I loved that place and I was just saying that I want to get back there and Ethan goes I don't think I you know he we did a lot of stuff we went down underground into some volcanic things. We did a lot of activities we rode the dog sleds and he goes 3 or 4 days ago I don't think I appreciated it enough. Maybe I should go back there. <laughs> no, like, good. Like now he's like not being that sour ass teenager uh, at, up at three a.m. munching food quietly in the corner because he refused to put himself on American uh, on Icelandic time over American <laughs> time. So he's eating in the middle of the night. Now, how does Ethan feel about cold weather? I know you're not a fan. I'm not a fan of cold. We- well, he's off right now at Mammoth, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of ice. Up there right now. Still. There's oh, still snow there. Maybe he's wow. training for his return to Iceland. He, he's with his track running buddies. So, oh, wow. And he was there two years ago, and he had he just had a great time. But he's yeah. like me. He's not that big a yeah. fan of the cold. Um, when I moved, went to Iceland to visit uh, Elliot, yep. I suddenly realized that 
uh, Nick Jameson now does stand-up comedy. So he, <laughs> it, it was like another page in his life. Right. Still brings all the other stuff. Yeah. Still brings the rock and roll and the acting and the voice stuff. But then he started doing stand-up there. We have not that much long left in our show yes. today. Mm-hmm. We have Nick Jameson here, yes. one of the best improvised comedians in the world. Yeah. A man who has rock and roll albums, a and Motown what, album. A Motown album. Yep. And who in the hell knows? Now I believe it could be something from Greece. We already know he had that too. Right, right. A Grecian rock and roll. Mm. Nick. That sounds like a cologne. <laughs> Grecian rock and <laughs> or roll. Or a hair tonic. That's what yeah. those New York doctors all wear at the yeah, New York the rock, rock and roll hospital. Yeah. <laughs> they have the Grecian rock and roll Grecian hair tonic. Grecian rock and roll formula. Right. Yeah. yeah. Keeps you dark. Who's the dark? Who's the darkest haired rock and roller? Like, oh, their hair's still dark. Is it? Um, Ooh, well, all the guys from, who kiss have very dark hair. Yeah, so well, there it is. They, they, use, they, they, they do use spray paint. So or that, at the very least, Gene Simmons. Maybe oh, spray paint. Yeah, it, yeah, maybe spray paint kind of is. Spray, it's kind of kind of spray on hair. That might be Grecian yeah. rock and roll formula. I spray did paint. see Paul Stanley uh, uh, in the Ralphs uh, hmm. not that long ago, <laughs> and and uh, uh, here in town, and he he uh, he had some gray in there. Yeah. Yeah, some gray in there. They're well, about they, to retire. They're, they're about been, to they've been around. Yeah, yeah. They've been around the block. Hey, Nick, a lot of your stand up is talking words, and a lot of your stand up is yeah. music words. We're not set up here for music, but I see a mandolin. Yes. That has a story of its own that we might not have time to tell oh, in this episode. Yeah, a great story, yes. But do you have it in you to do any of your any musical oh, a song, thing? A Would com- you care? Comedic, comedic type song? Would you care to sure, do it? Sure, I, I can. I can think of a song. That describes uh, one aspect of Iceland. Perhaps you would like to hear. Right. Now, this is going to be educational. Yeah. I'm all for education. I like to get educated. I like to learn. But I don't want to know I'm learning when I get educated. I want well, it to sneak up on me song, like a girl in the alleyway. A song is just like that. Okay. Like that's a what girl I want. in an alleyway. It's <laughs> stealth education. And remind, remind yourselves that you're being educated by someone who dropped out of school at 15 and, and 16. And 16. Yes. Very few people drop out. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Twice. And make something of themselves. Yeah, I tried for the trifecta, but they wouldn't let me back in. So what are you going to do? You should seriously right now. Go back in to get your GDA or whatever the hell yeah, it is yeah, yeah. and PhD. drop out again. Yeah, yes, I should. Yeah. I should. Uh, Nick, I'll, would I'll you pick up this. that mandolin? I will. Uh, Nick plays mandolin, uh, guitar, uh, bass, uh, clarinet. Wow. Uh, Very badly. A, yeah. Accordion. Piano. Uh, piano. Now, I have not mastered any of these instruments. No, no. I must say. But you play them. I play them, yeah. You didn't master the bass, but they... (laughs) (laughs) But you know, know, not to brag, well, to brag, but I get a, you know, that bass stuff on slow ride is pretty dang good, and there are bass players still breaking their fingers. That's you. That's you you on slow ride. Yeah, yeah. And you also... I'm pretty proud of that bass part. And you also produced that album or no? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. You produced that album and played bass on it. This mofo. That's impressive. Uh, what is this? This song is going to teach us a little about Iceland? Yeah. Um, I should tell you. Oh, there we go. Uh, there was a guy who wrote a book. Uh, his name was Roosh. Is Roosh still? I'm sure he's still alive. And this guy's a pickup artist. He went to Iceland mm-hmm. uh, to uh, practice his trade. And after two weeks of practicing his trade, his conclusion was that the scene in Reykjavik was just too cold and impersonal for him. 
Now, this is a pickup artist. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who uses everything from NLP to magic tricks to flat-out lying to get women to go to just bed with to him. And women. it just oh. wasn't warm and fuzzy enough for him. Oh. Yes. Oh, oh, oh wow. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, you <laughs> know, I, I, I've done my own research in there, just objectively speaking, anthropologically speaking. And he's right. Um, in fact, you don't have to read the book. I can sum up the whole scene there in one phrase. I'm drunk. I'm horny. You'll do. Wow. Or, to put it another way, the volume of alcohol consumed multiplied by the degree of hormonal activity in the lower body is inversely proportional to the number of fucks given about quality control. (laughs) Damn. You may well begin your Reykjavik evening with normal, healthy blood levels of discretion, due diligence, common sense, and good taste, but by fucking o'clock a.m., chances are you and or the pitiful excuse for a human being standing in front of you will be thinking, I'm drunk, I'm horny. Give me your hand. Ooh, a pulse. You'll do. So, wow. Uh, that is uh, that is the scene. Um, now, the song I want to sing for you is written from the female point of view, because Lord knows I have seen far too many of my dear sisters from another mister suffer the most horrible indignities at the hands of the absolute dregs of my gender. Sorry, Icelandic guys, but it's true. Uh, when their only crime was drinking enough liquor to kill all three of us five times over. So, I got to represent. Um, Oh, one more thing. I have never, ever heard country music in Iceland. Wow. Yeah. They don't do it there. No. No. I think it's been banned. Think I like... See, this is why I like Iceland. (laughs) Along with fresh vegetables, lambskin condoms, and the word please. Okay. But um, (laughs) since I'm not in Iceland, I don't have to worry about arrest and imprisonment, so I'm going to go all Nashville on this sucker. Here we go. I took the bus in from Hapnafjöður Looking for some fun Hope to find my prince charming Well son, you ain't the one But there's no one here any better And it's almost half past two And I'm drunk, I'm horny, you'll do Oh, I broke up with my boyfriend Not all that long ago It was 8 o'clock this evening Yeah, crazy, right? I know He was a dickhead and a douchebag And so are you But I'm drunk I'm horny You'll do Sing it, baby I'm horny and drunk My standards have sunk That's why I keep on Grabbing your junk You'll last all of three minutes And then you'll be on your way Oh, men are so useless I wish I was gay Or at least androgynous When I was a young girl, all the cool boys loved me. But now I'm so old, I'm almost 23. You're the worst guy I've ever met. Oh, and I've met me a few. But I'm drunk, I'm horny. Come here, you'll do. Morning will come. You'll still be napping I'll look at you a-snoring And think How the 
fuck did that happen? <laughs> oh, they say love is blind. How I wish that were true. Cause I'm getting a headache just looking at you. We'll avoid each other in a supermarket like folks around these parts tend to do. Soon you'll forget me. Yes, and I'll forget you. But then we'll meet right back here at Snaifer's Yogurt. Real place. In a month or two. Cause I'm drunk, I'm horny, and you'll do. Broke ass, slob ass, vomit all over your shirt and cocaine dripping out your nose, loser. I'm so drunk, so damn horny. Ah, oh, fuck it, give me another shot. You'll do. True story. Dude, uh, sell that immediately. Ah. <laughs> oh. It's funny, you know, I just did the Reykjavik Fringe Festival, and I wrote a beautiful, serious song. And I don't call many of my songs beautiful, because I write tons of them, and 90% of them are crap. But this one was very pretty, and people really liked it. But I realized halfway through writing it that it's got a lot of the same chords oh, and melody as that one. You didn't accidentally go in a drunk corny and screw in the middle no, of it. No, I didn't. Do no, but it's like the chorus is washed out to sea. Uh oh. Washed out to sea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the bridge of drunk yeah, corny. <laughs> yeah, you're there. Yeah, yeah. I sold for myself. I should sue myself. Uh, Elliot, two things we must do. Yeah. One, we must get where we can find him on the internet. Oh, yeah. Two, I'm pathetic with that. We must go out with some improvised hip hop mm. after we say where everyone can be found. I, I think that's true. And this, uh, ladies and gentlemen, just uh, just to give you a fair warning, uh, or just so you're relieved, I will not be trying to improvise any kind of hip hop, <laughs> or and and I was not singing any harmonies on that song. There, there well, are two we could, that, Elliot could do lines and we could rhyme them. Yeah. No, oh, nah, the Elliot. We'll, we'll Elliot, see, we'll Elliot's, yeah, Elliot's not. Elliot's not a great, uh, not a great improviser. <laughs> um, so, uh, so Nick, I guess yeah, it is time. Uh, it is time for the ultimate question. Yes. Uh, where can people find you? You know, media? I'm almost invisible. I'm so uh, social media challenged. I have a Facebook page, just okay. a personal Facebook page. I, there's also a page for my Reykjavik Fringe Festival show, oh. which I am going to bring to other places. What's the name of the Fringe Festival uh, show? Uh, it's called Why Are You So Old? So if we go on Facebook and look You can find, that. yeah. There's okay. really not much on there but a video, but it's a funny video. Um, and a little bit about the show. But mostly it's just my personal page at this point, I am sad to say. You can go on Active Pitch and see some of my acting reels, if you're a casting director especially. Um, but yeah, I, I've got to get with the Instagram and Since the Snapchat kill- and the you're, Twitch and all that. You're killing it over there in Iceland doing stand-up. You really should do that. I need to hire somebody to do that. Be- Elliot, what are you doing? <laughs> Me? Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've got. Uh, Wait, you're producing I, a show I, right I, now. Got, never I've mind. Got, I've got several. Yeah, I've got okay, a couple, I got, like, never mind. Shows, no, so, I should be yeah. doing that. I should be doing podcasts and blogs and all that stuff. But you know, I'm. You're drunk. You're it's horny. not that I'm lazy. It's just I'd rather write songs and do stand-up <laughs> comedy. <laughs> well, you keep writing songs, Elliot, and I will steal them and get rich off of them. Okay, mm-hmm. sounds good. 
Uh, Elliot, yeah. you are not like Nick Jameson. You are not writing songs and nope. letting other people take them. Nope. I'm writing my own songs yep. and uh, and then burning them because I can't write a song. Uh, yeah. Gary, where can people find you on social media? I am Gary Anthony Williams at uh, Instagram. Yeah. Gary A. Williams at Twitter. Very nice. Uh, you can try me on Facebook, but, you know. Yeah, but you're, you're going to ignore him there. Or just come and knock on my door. That's really the way. The best way to find to get a hold of Gary. Just knock come on my knock door. door. He's bring, got a a big bo- bring a big box of money. Yeah. You'll yeah. get in faster. Sure. No, yeah. Knock with the money. I, I should say where I can sound. be found physically. Yeah. Because that's what I can tell you. Yeah. And uh, I am at the Secret Cellar, which is Iceland's first and only comedy club. The Secret Cellar. Yeah, okay. shout out to Secret Cellar, David, Bjartney, and Dan. Um, and uh, yeah, we started out at a club called Gökeren, which it was a wonderful place. You and I did a show there. Mm-hmm. And, and now we have our own club, and uh, it's all English language comedy. Every night, uh, we're packing them in and killing it. So if you're in Iceland, come to the Secret Cellar, and uh, you will not be disappointed. And we got some great comics there, some wonderful Icelandic. And that's in and that's in Reykjavik. That's in Reykjavik. Yes. Okay. Reykjavik. All right. Very good. And where are you? Uh, I'm not in Reykjavik. You're not in the Secret no, Cellar. No, but I gotta go there. I really. But would love you know to. what? Yeah. All, the, all these flights connect in Reykjavik. A lot, a lot of flights yeah. going to Europe. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, there's a flight days. leaving Burbank Airport that goes to Encino that connects in Reykjavik. Oh, all right. It's very easy. Yeah, okay, that's good, true. good. Yeah, yeah. great. Um, you can find me uh, when I'm not in Reykjavik uh, on social media <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, at Elliot Blake E L L I O T B L A K E on uh, Twitter and uh, on Instagram. You can find the show. Uh, if you uh, uh, want to find the show, and I know you do, yeah, I know you do. You found it already. You yeah. put it in your ears. Now you want to find us elsewhere. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Gary and Elliot. You can find us on Instagram at Day Drinking with Gary and Elliot. You can find us on the web Day Drinking with Gary and Elliot simplecast.fm. You can email us uh, Day Drinking with Gary and Elliot at gmail.com. Uh, you can get my book. Uh, Create 100 Cocktails. Thank you. I don't remember the name of my own damn book today. Here it is. Uh, uh, Create 100 Cocktails, a home bar guy's deep dive into the art of cocktail creation. Right. And you can find that on Amazon.com in print and uh, as a PDF uh, on Gumroad um, if you have enjoyed the show. And I know you enjoyed today's show because today's show was very, very enjoyable. Thank you, Nick. Well, Elliot, you have made me feel pathetic as far as social media goes. You just went on for like, what, three minutes? Yeah, three minutes. Yeah. And he's not finished. And I, he's yeah, not and even I'm finished. Not, no. I'm not even done. <clears throat> if, you've, if you've enjoyed today's show, uh, you can go on uh, to uh, Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Google, mm-hmm. uh, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this show. And give us a star rating. I believe the maximum number of stars uh, that you can get now, I think it's 839. 839. I believe it's 839. And we'd be grateful for all of them uh, because uh, those star ratings and any reviews you leave uh, help us find listeners like you. However, nothing helps us find listeners like you more than uh, if you've subscribed. So if you're just tuning into the show, uh, if you've just found it, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, We would uh, greatly appreciate it. The other way uh, you can support the show... uh, if you uh, feel so inclined to support the show, is uh, to go on to our merch uh, page at teespring.com. That's uh, T-E-E-S-P-R-I-N-G.com. There's something. Day drinking. I'm sorry, backslash day yeah, drinking. And back, there's something special there is something about this now, right? There is something special about this now. I mean, I, I'd be remiss. Uh, we, we were recording this show 
uh, the day after, uh, and there, the day of, and the day of, the, there was two two shootings, two mass shootings. It's really it's third in a week, but we had a mass shooting in El Paso oh, yeah. that killed twenty people, and then a mass shooting in uh, Dayton, Ohio that killed I, I ten eight people, ten people, nine, eight, eight, nine, nine people. Right now. It's too many people, and uh, and look, and we know you're tuning into the show uh, uh, to for some enjoyment, for a laugh. Uh, to uh, to escape uh, from uh, this hellscape uh, that we seem to be living in in the United States, and um, we uh, so normally when uh, any any proceeds that we get uh, from our, our merch sales, uh, half of it goes to support the show, and half of it goes to Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Uh, from for, from this day forth. Uh, in the next, uh, at least the next month, 100% of the proceeds uh, from every sale uh, is going to go to uh, uh, every town uh, against uh, 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 gun violence. And I think I just messed up there. Uh, here we go. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Every town for gun safety. Every town. For every gun town safety. for gun safety. We're gonna uh, donate 100 percent of the, the proceeds to uh, to that organization. Uh, we we got to make some positive changes in yep. this country, folks. So uh, buy something. So and buy help. something and help. And if you don't want to buy something, just donate money to them. Yeah. yeah. So. Thank you, Elliot yep. Blake. It's, it's, a, it's almost a pleasure to call you my friend. <laughs> Thank you, Gary. <laughs> it's almost a pleasure to be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki J., the man of ever-changing, non-stop, always evolving and improving talents. That's a long-ass name. Yeah, that's your Christian name. That's my Christian name. Guys, when you're out and about in the midst of the day and you're day drinking, remember to do so responsibly. responsibly.